0: You're listening to another episode of the Tennis Files podcast on the best fitness and sleep trackers of 2020
1: Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Marban Iranshad.
0: Hey everybody, this is Marban Iranshad. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well and staying safe during these crazy times and getting to play some tennis. Although it's definitely getting a lot colder these days and, you know, it's in the 30s Fahrenheit. It, where I am in Maryland. So, definitely getting a bit tougher. You know, whenever there's a high 40s day or low 50s day, I'm definitely going to be out there with my ball machine. And who knows? You know, I've been running outside and, and training outside, even when it's in the, the 20s. So far, the lowest this year has been 27 degrees that I've been outside. So, I wouldn't put it past myself to still try and play some out there. You know, one of those tennis fanatics, like I'm sure you all are, I love the sport. So, today I wanted to cover an area that I don't usually talk too much about, uh, which is uh, the tech side and wearables. So, I did have Alex Johansson on episode 137 of the podcast, and we talked about uh, tech and different uh, pieces of equipment that you can use to help yourself get better at the game of tennis. Um, But today I'm actually going to narrow down this episode on the best fitness and sleep trackers of 2020 with technology evolving and a lot of interest uh, out there on uh, you know getting more statistics and metrics to help us become better athletes and just healthier overall i decided that this would be a great topic for the podcast and so i know a lot of players are wondering what the best wearables that you can get which ones are out there and so I'm going to do a review of the best ones that I have found through a lot of research, and I'll let you know which one I'm using, and you might actually be surprised given uh, my uh, summarization of each of these different trackers uh, that you know that I'm using that particular one. But the I'll just jump straight into it. First of all, there's many different form factors, uh, or many being at least several, so we've got. Ones that go around your wrist. They can be straps or they can be smartwatches. There's even ones that you can put on your fingers, which would be a ring. Actually, I said several, but actually, those are the two that are the primary ones that I'm going to be covering today. So uh, the first one, uh, which is a strap around your wrist, is called the whoop strap. And that was actually suggested by Alex on episode 137. And I've heard from some uh, of the podcast listeners, uh, like I can remember Venton actually mentioned uh, or messaged me after the show shortly after and said that he had actually gotten the Whoop Strap and liked it uh, and continues to use it. But the Whoop Strap is an excellent tool uh, for activity tracking. I would consider it as uh, one of the do-it-all activity trackers, you you strap it on your wrist, and then it'll sync activity and health data to your cell phone. And it has a lot of great metrics that it tracks. It tracks heart rate variability, uh, HRV, which uh, first off, disclaimer here, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on television or uh, on the radio or anything like that. Although I am a jurist doctor of law, but let's Let's get back to the podcast. So anyway, HRV is basically the fluctuation in time between heartbeats. So let's say that two heartbeats occur 1.6 seconds apart, and then the next uh, two heartbeats occur 1.7 seconds apart. So that fluctuation there, uh, that 0.1 second difference is the HRV. So this metric is very useful in telling you um, when you should and shouldn't work out, when you need a rest day, and some other things, uh, which like I said, I'm not a doctor, so I can't really provide you with a super deep analysis, but uh, it's a very popular metric that is only found on certain trackers and fortunately, the Whoopstrap is one of those certain trackers. And of course, the Whoopstrap will track other metrics like heart rate and also Uh, Your sleep data, very helpful and gives you suggestions actually when to sleep and how long you should sleep, which I think is fantastic. It tracks your steps and your respiratory rate. Uh, Those are some of the main metrics that are very important that I found in my research. And the WhoopStrap helps you understand what variables affect your recovery and your performance and how you're feeling. And the WhoopStrap is best for serious athletes who really want to track their activity and get an edge and more distinguished than from the others that I'm going to mention, It what it does is it actually looks at all the data and then gives you these suggestions. Like I mentioned, you know, when to sleep, whether it's a good day for you to work out hard or for you to take it easier. And it also has this great community aspect where you can find other individuals who are using the whoop strap and, uh, communicate and so forth. So that's a great aspect that, you know, accountability, uh, it's really, really helpful in keeping people going with their health goals. And so, yeah, the whoop strap is excellent. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, there's a few things that you should consider. So first off, uh, this one will probably be the priciest because it has a monthly charge. I'm actually, I'm not 100% sure how much it costs, you know, it fluctuates Sometimes there's sales and so forth. It's somewhere around $30 a month to $40 a month, something like that. But um, like I said, you can often find sales and I think there's probably one going on for a couple more weeks where you get a few weeks, a few months free or something like that. But I do consider this an excellent option if you are very serious about tracking your activity and your sleep and getting recommendations, it's it's great. And uh, I was actually really close to getting this, but I did not get it, or at least yet. The positives actually with the monthly is that you can, you know, you get the strap for free, and then you can uh, use it and play a monthly. Or I guess they probably have an annual plan as well. But then you can try it for a month or two and then see how it works for you. Although I have heard that the Whoopstrap, it takes several weeks, maybe up to a month to actually get in tune with your body and then start giving you consistently accurate data. Uh, But an excellent choice for activity, sleep um, and, and so forth. The next tracker, activity tracker here is the Fitbit. So the Fitbit is very good for a general wellness purpose. It's also, I think, the most affordable of the trackers on here. I've seen ones as low as $60. I've used the Fitbit before. They have uh, a few different models, uh, both in watch and, and just tracker form. So, you know, not a watch, like a slimmer profile, but still around your wrist and that still has numbers on it and certain information, heartbeat and all that but uh, some of the metrics that the Fitbit has on it are some of them have GPS. uh, It also tracks your sleep and is actually pretty decent at it. Uh, It also tracks your activity, uh, your heart rate. Some of the models uh, track your blood oxygen level. Uh, You get reminders also. Uh, You get steps uh, tracked. And the thing with the Fitbit is it doesn't give you as much guidance on what to do with the data that it accrues as Whoop does. And, you know, I can back up and, and just mention if it wasn't obvious that uh, the Whoop and also Fitbit, I think all of these actually, they have apps that go along with them. So that's where you're going to find all this data and recommendations in the case of the Whoop. But yeah, so the Fitbit is is good for general wellness and it's not going to give you like, you know, recovery scores and uh, suggestions on, you know, how hard you can work out and things like that or like when you should sleep. It doesn't give you HRV data either, at least the ones that I have seen, Um, but I think the Fitbit is great. It's good if you want a more budget-friendly device to track steps, your heart rate, and other basic metrics. And if you don't care so much about getting guidance on how to use those metrics. uh, So let's say maybe you just want to get healthier. You just want to track your steps. You have a goal of 10,000 steps a day. You're curious about what your heartbeat is sometimes. uh, You're also a little bit curious about your sleep, uh, how well you're sleeping and all that, and you, you don't necessarily care about super accurate sleep data, maybe you just use it as a baseline uh, and you're not doing specialty uh, exercises, then the Fitbit is, uh, is a good one. That's a, that's a good choice for sure. And also, you can pair the Fitbit with uh, certain devices, which I'll, I'll hold off you know, until I talk about the rest of the devices. So then there is the Garmin brand of smartwatches and uh non smartwatches, like more on the you know, strap size that still have an L C D screen. So this one is a probably the most direct competitor to the Fitbit price and feature wise. They do have ones around the same price as the Fitbit. Um, however, the Garmin is more dedicated to exercise their uh, a little bit more rugged, especially the smartwatches from what I've seen. And they do have more models to choose from than Fitbit. And the f- post-workout analysis is better than Fitbit. So I'm, I'm the least knowledgeable about the Garmin just in terms of all the specifics. But, you know, they do have pretty much all of the same metrics uh, as the Fitbit, like uh, GPS and sleep and activity tracking, heart rate, blood oxygen. Our uh, reminders, tracking steps, but the Garmin is regarded as a more dedicated exercise watch than the Fitbit, which is more of a general wellness device. So I think that's the main takeaway. uh if you're if you end up in between the Fitbit and Garmin, I definitely encourage you to look up some different models that they have. Uh, Once you decide what form factor you want and kind of compare between the two, but mainly just wanted to get out there that that's another device that has good reviews for sure. And then the next device to cover today is the Apple Watch. So the Apple Watch is uh, very, very popular. I think the new uh, 6 series came out a couple months ago. It's very functional, very feature rich. There is, um, of course, you know your basic uh, heart rate data. There's also a sleep tracker. although I've heard that the sleep tracker isn't as good as a device like Whoop because Whoop uses a respi- uh, excuse me, a respiratory algorithm for that, uh, which Apple does not from what I have researched. Uh, there's also, of course, an activity tracker, although I have heard it's not as accurate as Whoop. Again, uh, you'd want to do uh, independent research on that just to double check. Uh, also, Apple Watch tracks blood oxygen, uh, which is great. And, you know, I mentioned that before, but blood oxygen is the percentage of oxygen that your red blood cells carry from your lungs to the rest of your body. And of course, the higher the better here, generally 95% to 100% is what most people have. So it's obviously nice to know about. This this metric, especially if um, you know you find that it's lower than this average that I mentioned, then you know that could be a sign of uh, certain problems. Uh, one little tidbit that I learned while researching these different devices is that blood oxygen level is it's a little bit harder to track it as accurately uh, through the wrist, which is where obviously where the Apple Watch is, than something like the finger um, because of how uh, thick the You know, the wrist is in comparison with with the finger, which the uh, blood oxygen uh, tracker uh, or scanner can go through the entire finger. So I've actually seen people put the watch on their finger to get a blood oxygen reading and compare that with a dedicated blood oxygen tracker, and uh, that was more accurate. So just a little tidbit, if you have an Apple Watch or you are going to get one, you might want to test it on your finger. It's uh, more accurate that way. And then they're you know, one of the biggest things with the Apple Watch, which, you know, certain of the Fitbit and Garmin smartwatches have, but I think that the Apple Watch is superior with is uh notifications, taking calls, sending messages, things like that. Um, of course you will need an Apple or an iPhone, you know, so the You've got to be in that ecosystem with your phone. So if you do not have the Apple Watch, then you can easily just strike this off the list. And, you know, it's the most stylish of all the watches. So probably the best general purpose watch. I don't think many people would, you know, look at you as funny, which I mean, we shouldn't really care about. But, you know, if you wore it out or something, uh, as opposed to wearing uh, the other watches. And very good health apps as well, um, third party ones, as well as the health app. Uh, it also has uh, other cool features like the fall detection, uh, where it'll just call 911 uh, if it detects a fall. And it's also kind of cool, too, that the Apple Watch will sync with uh, Swing Vision uh, with that app. Um, but that's not really so much a activity tracking or health tracking as you can input the your scores like while you're playing tennis if you're recording it with swing vision on another device. So, that's kind of cool too. But Apple Watch, excellent, cool looking, sleek. Uh they keep making it better and better each year. Uh, I think they have um an always-on screen with the uh 6th version. They also came out with the the SE version, which is a little cheaper, but still has, you know, 80 to 90% of the functionality. And then the Apple Watch 3s are have tanked in price as a result. Like, you can get them for like 100 I don't know, $150, $200, somewhere around there. I think the Apple Watch right now, I've been seeing it for like $399, um, but on sale for $349 uh, or so lately. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool device there. Um, and, you know, it'll do a pretty good job of, of tracking uh, your activity overall. So the device that I actually got about a week ago or so is the Aura Ring. So the Aura Ring uh, is sleep focused. And this is what I decided to get because it's supposed to be the most accurate sleep tracker Uh, It actually uses the red PPG sensors, which I will not be able to explain in depth what that is. But basically, those particular sensors are more accurate than the green PPG sensors. And so in, in evaluating what I wanted, so what I wanted was something that would help me sleep better and also be able to tell me how ready I was to perform you know, during the day and to also track some other cool metrics. And uh, for me, one of the biggest things for my productivity and also my tennis performance as well is just my sleep. I really wanted to focus on what are the factors that is affecting my sleep. You know, is it uh, having a, a drink later at night? Is it using my um, my electronic devices late at night? Is it you know, what time I sleep, uh, any other activities that I undergo, or maybe eating late in the day, does that affect my score? So these are things that you can tag and then uh, review your, your data. Um, and, and so there's a lot of good data off that it tracks. It, it does track HRV, heart rate variability, your heart rate, the sleep data, um, you know, your sleep time, obviously, your light sleep. Uh, so the different sleep stages, you know, your light sleep, when you're awake, the REM sleep, the deep sleep. And then it compiles the data into recommendations for you. You're Well, I'll back up uh, some other things that that uh, the Aura Ring tracks are uh, your steps as well and, and uh, calories burned. And then, anyway, so it compiles all this data into recommendations, kind of like the Whoop strap. Uh, it'll give you a readiness score and a sleep score. So they're both pretty much self-explanatory from their their names. But the readiness score is how ready are you to attack the day and undergo physical activity and so forth, based on a bunch of the metrics that I just mentioned. And then your sleep score is just how how well you slept how well rested you are. And it's really cool. Um, you know, the form factor is, is great. Um, for you, know, well, I have to back up. So it's great for me in that I like to wear a mechanical watch, well, an, an automatic watch, um, you know, classic one, uh, not a digital one. And so I enjoy that. So I didn't want to wear another watch, you know, um, you know, watch on each wrist, and uh, that would be a little too much for me, I think. Uh, I think it was a general Schwarzkopf or somebody who used to wear two watches at a time. But, you know, I thought that a ring factor would be really cool. And they have like a silver colored ring, a um, black ring, a, uh, a matte black ring. Uh, and I think they're all made of titanium too, which is neat. And then they have the sensors inside, obviously. But uh, I just found that this would be a good... Form factor for me. However, I will say that the Aura Ring is is probably one of the worst in terms of activity tracking. So just to keep that in mind, so it will it will track your steps and whatnot, but it's not going to be very good at tracking your uh, you know when you play tennis, uh, your heart rate at that moment, and uh, calories burned at that moment, and all that. So you could what you could do is pair it with something like the Fitbit or the Garmin Watch or even the uh, Apple Watch as well. Or the Whoopstrap. I mean <laughs> really any of them. I think the most common though is like the Fitbit or the Apple Watch, if you want to put a little combo going on. So like I said, I chose the R-ring because it's the most accurate data in all of my my research in terms of sleep. So it's really good with that. And it's been really cool to see, you know, things like my average heart rate and you know my the lowest heart rate um, while I was sleeping, and then my HRV scores uh, at night and how they fluctuated, and also my sleep quality. And I'm already noticing a great difference, you know, in the first couple of days. Then I made some adjustments. I ate a little bit earlier than usual. And I stopped looking at my computer screen earlier than usual. And then I found that my HRV uh, score went up significantly. So that was a great uh, thing that I discovered. And it's making me more accountable, you know, giving me recommendations on what the best time is to sleep. And I know for a fact that if I sleep earlier and, the, you know, I follow certain other things like I just mentioned regarding my habits then I'm going to get a better night's sleep and then I'm going to be more well rested. So the key with these with these devices is that you actually use the data and then make some sort of change or, you know, implement good habits and then reduce or eliminate your bad habits. So I am just focused on my sleep. I want the most accurate data. I thought the ring looks cool. So that's what I'm using. Uh, you know, I I think at some point I probably will uh, track my uh, activity a little more seriously and maybe use one of the other devices. You know, I do still have a Fitbit that I can probably start using. Um, but at this point in time, I'm just simply able to use my, uh, my iPhone, uh, which actually funny story. I haven't really, I've never had an iPhone until this year, but, uh, they're pretty good anyways. So I have my iPhone in my pocket, like usually when I'm walking or when I'm, uh, running and so forth. So it'll track my steps. Um, and also the ring will track my steps. I'm fine with that. Uh, I have been doing a lot of strength training recently. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think any of the devices I mentioned are very good at tracking strength training. Maybe the WHOOP would be the best with that, Um, but it's very hard to track something like that. So I just simply input it manually. So there's an ability to uh, to just add in the app a workout and there's different types of workouts and then you can put easy, moderate, or hard, and then the time, uh, the duration, obviously, uh, and then it'll give you an estimate of the calories burned. So that is, you know, it's uh, sufficient at this point in time. So with all these devices, uh, and I should backtrack and, uh, you know, honorable mention to Samsung smartwatches. um, You know, I forget the models, like I think the S3 and the Active or something like that, like they are pretty good. And if you want like an Apple watch, but you don't have an Apple device, maybe you have a Samsung Galaxy, which is I've had a few of those pretty good phones. And maybe you check out the uh, Galaxy smartwatches also or instead. Um, But yes, so a couple key points uh, and interesting points as well. You want to use these devices as a baseline. So when I looked at some scientific articles, like basically it's not like you're going to Get a hundred percent accuracy in terms of all these numbers, you know, like the HRV and the blood oxygen level. Uh, I mean, you might, but usually they're not a hundred percent accurate. So the best thing to do with the data is to use them as a baseline. And what I mean by baseline is like, you know, maybe the numbers are correct, maybe they're a little bit off, but you use that and then you 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 change your habits and then you see. Are my numbers going up? Are they going down? And that's really what's going to help you the most is is you know establishing like okay my HRV is usually around the fifties, but you know lately I've been sleeping much earlier and eating better, and then now my HRV has risen to fifty seven, so that's a good thing. Or conversely, you know I've been partying. Uh it's hard to party these days except by yourself really, but. You know, I've been drinking late at night um, before I go to bed and, you know, my HRV used to be an average of 50 and now it's gone to 40, 42. So, okay, that means I better stop doing that. So this is what I mean by using the, the data as a baseline. Uh, One other interesting, uh one interesting point here. I don't know if you really care that much about like electromagnetic radiation. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm using the correct term but you know basically radiation blue um bluetooth you know all those things uh EMF is what they tend to call um you know the the you know this type of issue so some of these devices uh require constant use of bluetooth and you know we're not sure about the effects of of it on humans I think there's been some Studies where like rats have been affected by uh, constant exposure, exposure to EMF radiation, uh, Bluetooth waves and all of that. So I know, uh, and this is kind of why, partly why I also got the O Ring. You can turn off Bluetooth on the Aura Ring um, where you cannot turn off Bluetooth on the Whoop strap or on the Fitbit. So these devices, they're just constantly searching for something to connect to and you know another weird thing and you know just cuz i'm telling you like what i found doesn't mean that you have to take this as gospel and like i said i'm not a doctor except of law um but you know i i was thinking about getting airpod pros and i saw this video where this person tested the emf uh radiation and <laughs> the airpods had the same amount of emf radiation as a microwave like in putting that dirt detector right next to the AirPods Pros and then right next to the microwave. So that kind of got me started on just being curious about uh, whether, you know, how much these devices are emitting and if you can turn off the Bluetooth on these devices. So you can with the R-Ring. Uh, you can't with the WhoopStrap or Fitbit unless something has changed in the last hour from what I've seen. You can turn off Bluetooth on the Garmin Vivo Smart for sure. Not a, and I'm not sure about their other models. And then the Apple Watch, you will have to check. I think you may be able to turn off the Bluetooth. But the thing with that is you, use, you lose a ton of the um, notification and other features Like if you, if you turn that off. So with the Aura Ring, what I actually do is I turn off the Bluetooth. And then each morning while I'm eating breakfast, I put it back on the charger. And then it auto-connects and syncs the data with, uh, with my phone. So it can keep the data for, I think, several days at least, you know, without connecting to anything inside the ring, which is great. So that way I don't have the Bluetooth on while I'm sleeping. So that's pretty cool. And that's another reason why I like the R Ring besides that it's really cool and that it's has excellent sleep data accuracy. So I may test, like I said, a whoop strap in the future to see how that, uh, is. I know that Uh, Nicole Gibbs, Uh, I saw an article that was written a couple years ago and I uh, about her using the whoop strap and that she likes it a lot. Um, I'm not sure about how many other players use it, but like I said, a pretty good all in one solution. And then you really have to think about what functionality do you want? Do you want a smartwatch with a, you know, a nice display that will tell you the time, give you notifications where you can take calls and all that? Or do you just want a straight-up tracker, an activity tracker or a sleep tracker or whatnot? What so that'll help you instantly eliminate uh, at least half the choices out there. Um, form factor is really important in your decision. Like I said, uh, I was looking for something sleek and not another watch. So that was pretty much either like a Fitbit or Garmin that wasn't a smart watch or the ring, the Aura Ring. And that's why I chose the Aura Ring. However, I have to take the ring off when I'm strength training. I don't have to take it off, but it's more comfortable without having the ring on my fingers when I uh, strength train or when I play tennis. So like I said I just input that manually later. Uh the estimate works out for me uh for now. And yeah. So, you know, if if you really want to play tennis uh and have a wearable, then go for the Whoop strap or one of the the smartwatches or non-smartwatches. All right, so here are my recommendations. I have different recommendations based on what you're shooting for. So, if you want a budget-friendly, simple, general health and wellness tracker that'll track your steps and your heartbeat and uh, your sleep pretty solidly, then go for the Fitbit. And like I said, several different models. You should check them out and see which one uh, fits the bill for you. If you want a serious activity tracking uh, device that will help you change your habits, give you recommendations on when to work out and when to take it easy, when to sleep, uh, and you're willing to shell out, you know, a monthly, then the Whoop Strap is an excellent option. A lot of serious athletes are using the Whoop Strap. If you want, focus heavily on your sleep, just like I am, and trying to improve that and figure out what impacts your sleep and, you know, positively or negatively and to improve it. And as a result, to have a more productive day and better performance, uh, then the Aura Ring is excellent. And also, if you like to wear rings, (laughs) if you want a feature rich device, a smartwatch that's within the Apple ecosystem, and you want a, a cool, sleek-looking watch, and you have an iPhone, the Apple Watch is the way to go for sure. And then if you want a rugged, sports-oriented watch and you're not in the Apple ecosystem, although you can be, then the Garmin brand of smartwatches and trackers, I guess tracker isn't a watch, but, um, you know, if basically if you just want to concentrate only on exercise metrics, the Garmin can be a good choice for you. So that is it. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed these recommendations and that it just you know jogged your mind about some of the choices out there. Tried to go into uh, a good amount of detail on these. Uh, you know, I went on de- into detail in some of these more than others, of course. But um, I will keep you updated with the Aura Ring that I'm using and whether I use any other trackers. But like I said, I'm really enjoying the Aura Ring. And I will leave links on the show notes page at tennisfiles.com slash 177. And you can also access all the podcast episodes on tennisfiles.com slash podcast. Yeah, just uh, pick your form factor, pick your functionality. What do you want to concentrate on the most? You can either choose an all-in-one device or you can pick two of them if you want to have one that's optimal on like sleep, for example, and another that's that's really good on activity. And would love to hear what you think and what you end up getting. Uh, like I said, Venton reached out to me and mentioned that he really loves the Whoop, and uh, I'd love to hear from uh, from you all what you use. All right, well, I would like to leave you with a quote, as I often love to do at the end of the show, and this one is by Oscar Wilde, and Oscar said. Experience is simply the name we give our mistakes, and I love this because, in order to to succeed, you need to constantly be experimenting, trying, uh, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, and then you're naturally going to make mistakes, and uh, that is, you know, that is experience, and that is gaining knowledge, and that's taking action, and these are all the hallmarks of a great and successful and courageous life. So excellent quote there, if I do say so myself. And I would really appreciate it if you enjoy the Tennis Files podcast and if you feel like you've benefited from it to leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple podcasts. Or you can also do it on your favorite podcast app that you use to listen to the show. But uh, Apple podcasts, I just find it to be the most helpful in terms of helping the podcast visibility and you know I think it's because the vast majority of people use Apple Podcasts to so listen to the show so it's interesting metric in case you're curious all right well that is the end of the show and uh, again you know I I hope that you like this one this one's a little different you know it's uh, more tech focused i was thinking of calling this like a techember episode or techember series but we'll see i don't know if i'm going to do it tech all this month. But uh, yeah, I think that with technology uh, improving and, uh, you know, I think numbers are becoming more important than ever. And I do think that these devices provide a good amount of value. Uh, It can potentially let you know about problems that that you might be experiencing on a particular day or over several days. And a lot of different organizations are using these devices like I know with the aura ring, the NBA is 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 distributed to like all their players and all that. so uh definitely definitely pretty cool. and obviously, at a time like this where we can't do uh other activities, this is you know maybe a time to dive deeper into yourself, improving yourself and a part of that is well, you can help uh, improve yourself by using these devices. But again, you need to take the action, you know, like if I just look at the metrics and I say, Oh, cool. And this do the same old thing. That's not going to do anything, but you really need to be serious and you know, follow the recommendations and all that. And, and just know that they're not a hundred percent accurate, but you can, uh, you can look at the trends and then, uh, get a lot of useful, uh, information and great use out of these devices. All right, I think that's enough for my review of these uh, best fitness and sleep trackers of 2020. I hope you have a wonderful day and uh, let me know your feedback on this one. Uh, if you if you liked it, then I'll do some more tech stuff. But until then, have a great day and happy holidays. If I don't, I guess if you don't hear me again until uh, the holidays and all the best
1: to you, stay safe.
0: And we'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.